the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join the conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. As the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And of course, I am joined in studio again with my wonderful co-host, Abigail Johnson. Here we are. Yeah. In the middle of winter. I know. It's hanging in there, dear. It's cold. <laughs> I mean, I heard there are airplanes that fly out to warm places uh-huh. all the time. I'll be I on one of those in a couple of weeks. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, there's room in your suitcase for me, right? Mm, just don't mm. notice. Just pay no attention if it's a little heavier than you thought it you should be. You are tiny. I am I don't tiny. Know I don't take, tiny. I don't, I don't take up much room. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll just kind of wait around at the airport and see, you know. But, but with you, doesn't come your four children, oh, your yeah, dog, that, and your husband? Too. Oh, yeah. They really do, kind of. They weigh me down, man, sometimes. <laughs> uh, someday you'll be living the life I am living where I have four adult children and we get to actually go on vacation with them. Oh, <laughs> sounds so good. No, it is, it, seriously, we, I, am, I am excited. I'm very much looking forward to being together with our family. Yeah. But yeah, we are going to be talking about kind of a uh, common topic tonight, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So really fun here. We're going to be talking about academic reparations that are Mm -hmm. now taking place on a lot of schools. And you might be thinking, academic reparations, that's a really, what what the heck, what are you even talking about? Yeah. Well, um, you know, this idea for chatting about this topic has honestly come from a large number of different stories that we've seen across the country. Mm -hmm. But the the largest one that I'll just touch on very briefly is, I don't know how many of you were paying attention in the news a few weeks ago, but... Um, there's a county in, um, it's Fairfax. a suburb of D.C. It's called mm-hmm. Fairfax County. In Virginia. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a very, very uh, liberal-leaning county. And so they have moved all of that doctrine into their schools. And so what we found out was that um, at a number of different schools in this county, um, students who won the National Merit Scholarship were not even notified that they won. And this started out with just one school. Mm -hmm. Um, And by the way, Fairfax County, you might recognize that because that's the same county where we had the big controversy with the dad who, remember, went to the school board meeting. Is that Fairfax um, or was it Loudoun? 
Oh, you're right. That was Loudon. That was. Loudon. I mean, which is All ridiculous. Virginia, I mean, right? honestly, I've never visited Virginia. Virginia. I'd love to go there, and... except for Governing Youngkin. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I've heard it's a beautiful state. I'd He's... love to go, but again, you know, those darn beautiful. four kids. Yes, they really you're do. right. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, but but in a way, kind of the same type mm-hmm. of idea, right? Yes. Um, we know that these counties are very left leaning, and are very much embracing this whole notion. But what really irked me when I when I learned of this story is that it wasn't in the end just one principal who chose to withhold that information. And by the way, um, our listeners need to know that the way the National Merit Corporation lets people know is through the school. Mm-hmm. So that is your only way of knowing. Mm-hmm. You know if you're going to be a finalist or not a finalist, but a semifinalist. Um, and then you have to go through this process and anyway, take the test again. But then um, in the end, it's the school. And so when I heard that one principal had done this, I thought, how dare that principal? Mm-hmm. These students, this is something they have earned mm-hmm. fair and square. And it affects college options because colleges fight for kids who are national merit yeah. scholars. Of I mean, they, and there and, are massive to either tuition, oh yeah, lots I, of either, scholarships. I mean, you, yeah. I, I knew yeah. someone, a good friend of mine, was a National Merit Scholar um, in high school, and I believe she pretty much went to college for free all four uh, years. So this me. is a huge deal. Yeah. It's a huge deal. But then what really irked me is that when all came out, it turned out that other principals in that same county also admitted to withholding that information. Mm-hmm. So this wasn't a one-off. This wasn't just a crazy principal mm-hmm. who was so left-leaning that he took everything into his own hands and, you know, interpreted, um, Ken, you know, Ibram X. Kendi's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. He thinks that, boy, this will do it, you know, because, of course, that's what Kendi says. You know, you get rid of racism by having more racism mm-hmm. against other groups. And so I'm sure... This one, I thought, oh, this one principal took this into his own hands. But no, mm-hmm. clearly they were probably collaborating and yep. saying, hey, let's do this. If we all do it, maybe it won't be quite as obvious. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they were thinking. Well, in their rationale, I just thought, wow, boy, y'all are right out front with this. I mean, they just basically said it. It'll yeah. make the other kids feel bad yeah. to see that, you know, amongst their peers, there are some mm-hmm. high achieving Students, yeah. and so we can't have that. We can't have some kids feel bad. So we're literally going to change the trajectory of other students' lives so that other kids don't feel bad. And I thought, well, I mean, that's great modeling. There, that completely reflects real, real life. life. I mean, oh yeah, we are mm-hmm. always able to completely change the trajectory of large business deals and. People's finances constantly just so that we can, yeah, just don't feel bad. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's at the core of the whole grading change. You know, we've talked Mm -hmm. about this before on our show, Abigail, um, the equity grading. And that is starting to sweep um, many, many districts across the nation. And and I I would say also in private schools, this is not, Mm -hmm. none of this is limited to just public schools, by the way. When we're talking about anything with respect to critical race theory or anti-racism practices, DEI, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, that is both public and private. So yep. you do really have to pick your school wisely. In fact, um, in in this article regarding the Fairfax County Schools, um, 
they talked about this uh, Harvard Westlake, which is evidently, by some measures, one of the top prep schools in the entire nation, and how they wrote a 20-page letter to their families last summer telling them how racist they were and how they were going to correct their racism. And of course, as always, Mm -hmm. where do you start? With the U.S. history curriculum. Mm -hmm. And what do you replace it with? Well, even if you don't replace it specifically using the 1619 Project curriculum, which, by the way, they've got curriculum ready and waiting, and they are just feeding it to people uh, left and right who will take it, and it's being taken in a lot of districts Mm -hmm. and was right away. So even if they don't use that, you know that those those ideas that are present in the 1619 Project are what are replacing the U.S. history courses Mm -hmm. that were probably solid history courses. Mm -hmm. And nobody has ever, by the way, in this conversation, not just yours and mine, but in the greater conversation, I don't think there are people saying that U.S. history shouldn't be taught truthfully. You know, everybody mm-hmm. agrees that the warts and the horrors of slavery oh, absolutely. need to be shared. But to completely use, um, which, you know, by admittance, the 1619 author admitted that this wasn't the origin story of America. She mm-hmm. said, I said it's an origin story. And, yeah. But it's true. Right. So, I mean, yeah. really what people need to understand, it's not about the content as in, Everyone wants history, real history, real history, warts and all to be so taught. So that we can learn. But right? what do you need? Yeah. You need context. Yes. Mm-hmm. You need context. You need to understand. Wait a minute. Did any other country do bad mm-hmm. things ever? Mm-hmm. Why? Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, fact, you're very hard pressed. I don't know that yeah. I've ever heard of a country that in their, you know, hundreds of years as a country has never either treated a person or a group of people wrong or oppress them. I mean, that is what history teaches you. Mm -hmm. It teaches you that, unfortunately, terribly, you know, we in America, we do not have the monopoly on oppression. Mm, We we really, really don't. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It has been, there is nothing new. The more that you study history, the more that you read classical works of literature, what does it teach you? There's nothing new under the sun. Mm -hmm. People have been evil in their heart from the beginning. And there are always cycles to this. What does it say? Um, Good, uh, what is it? Um, Hard times create good men. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, good times create weak men. And that's true. Which then lead to hard times. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's uh, that's kind of been, I mean, if you read classical works of literature, what are they about? Mm -hmm. They're about the epic struggle of humans to try to better themselves, mm-hmm. overcome massive obstacles that seem discouraging. Mm-hmm. What do we want to do? We want you, we praise people who um, are courageous day in, day mm-hmm. out, showing up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, showing grit, doing thankless jobs that then one day mm-hmm. have this, you know, beautiful outcome. Those are the things that we learn when we're immersing ourselves in history and Again, classical mm-hmm. works of literature, but you do see, yep, you need both content and context, mm-hmm. though, for yep. history. Well, and to your point, it was just a few weeks ago that we had the ambassador, mm-hmm. Bremberg, and Mr. Ken Pope, who's speaking at Liberty Classical Academy, um, or actually, I guess, 
did. Yes. <laughs> and um, what we realize is that um, while America gets accused of oppression, it is the the very opposite in the sense that countries like China, countries like Venezuela, um, like Russia, wherever communism is, is where true oppression yes. has laid. And loss of life, um, you know, people being abused. And yet the very people who say that America is an oppressive place and white oppression is alive and well in America are not willing to call out China, are not oh, no. willing to call out the CCP, what they're doing to the Uyghurs. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not willing to call out the um, companies, the corporations that use the Uyghur labor. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't question it. And yet they will boycott any company in the U.S. for the slightest little, yeah, you know. Come on, guys. Can problem. we not mm-hmm. have we not rec- Can't we recognize empty virtue signaling by now? Yeah. I mean, come on. But 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 that's what's popular. Oh, and I know. so even if everybody recognizes it, re- recognizes it as being empty, it's still the accepted norm. It's like mm-hmm. the norms have changed, mm-hmm. and this is the new norm. And mm-hmm. this is what this is what you do to be in to be right, to be respected, to be listened to in these elite circles. And you know what the common thread to all of that is? I've been thinking about this a lot. Promoting envy. Hmm. Tell me about that. I just think about that a lot. What is the common theme? And it's someone has something that I don't have, but I should have it. Hmm. And 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 we're we're all falling into this trap of thinking, and and I say we as in I would say those of us in the United States that generally speaking, um, when we have a worldwide perspective that regardless of where we fall in the socioeconomic, um, you know, span of things in the United States, if you take us from a worldwide perspective, um, you know, we are some of the wealthiest people in the world, mm-hmm. and we have some of the greatest privileges in the world. And we've really fallen into this way of thinking that I'm just, number one, entitled to these things because I'm breathing. And two, instead of, encur- in, instead of encouraging ourselves and our children to look up to people with real accomplishment and, and encourage them to see how many late nights did that person have to stay up? How many weekends did that person have to work? How many ways did they live below their means to save up for whatever it is that you're you're looking at and but all you see is the the brand new thing that they're either driving or the huge academic accomplishment that they have and we're really falling into this habit of of envy mm-hmm. and and we're putting it up on a pedestal for people saying the cool thing to do like you just said this is the cool thing to do mm-hmm. to covet what other people have mm-hmm. instead of teaching gratitude mm-hmm. for what we do have mm-hmm. Yeah, gratitude. And it's interesting that you say the word gratitude. Um, um, the FAIR organization, Foundation mm-hmm. Against Intolerance and Racism, um, the gentleman who started that, Bayond, is his first name. And he pulled his kids out of a private top school in Manhattan because of some of these diversity, equity, and inclusion practices that had just gone too far, right? Mm-hmm. And one of his values that he adds and really talks about 
when he talks about the foundation against intolerance and race and how do we how do we have a conversation about race without assuming the worst without assuming that everybody is is white privileged everybody mm-hmm. is an oppressor he talks about the word gratitude he mm-hmm. said it starts with gratitude yeah. and if we can't be comfortable and happy with where we are in in life and we're constantly looking at someone else yep. and what they have, um, then it breeds that dissatisfaction and then it breeds blame. Yep. And, um, and you know, we've, we've said this frequently too on our show. We've had our Exodus women come on mm-hmm. and they are five amazing local black women here, all of whom are very opposed to these anti-racist, quote unquote, I'm going to say mm-hmm. quote unquote, anti-racist yep. practices. And they all have children in schools and, um, you know, have had to pull them from certain schools saying, look, if you aren't going to um, teach my child that life isn't always easy and that that you have to work hard for your grades, and if you're going to constantly tell them that they're a victim simply because of the color of their skin, my child's not going to succeed. Mm-hmm. He's going. It's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. And and this is what I think people don't realize is that all these practices, and this was pointed out by one of the articles um, that we that we referenced at the beginning of the show, is that in no case are we really seeing an improvement no. in racial relations. And in fact, in corporations where they're using these practices, they're finding that actually it's worse. And even um, hiring practices aren't changing in terms of putting people in these top-level positions because what really matters is are you prepared to do what your job is that you're being hired to do? Mm -hmm. And if you're not, you're not going to last. Even if you get hired in that position, you're not going to last in that position. And so how how, uh, unfair to these young children mm-hmm. in these schools, both public and private, I say again, to tell them, oh, you don't really have to get a good grade. You will just change the way we grade to the, make it look like your grades are better than they actually are. Yep. Or so that you don't really have to do your homework, mm-hmm. so that you really don't have to study for that test. And then when they're really not prepared and then they go off into the real world and have to try to find a job, A, good mm-hmm. luck. And then B, if you do, you still have to perform. Yep. And so how how in the world, how does anybody in their right mind think that this is helping? Nope, it, it's not. It's just mind boggling to me. Well, and well, I mean, we've talked quite a bit about, um, you know, how much how much this is working into corporations. It's not just schools. Oh, yeah. Oh, but the schools are spending quite a bit of money on this, you all. So mm-hmm. just know. Oh. Yeah. I mean, they're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars incorporating all of these strategies mm-hmm. in here. I was um, one of the articles that Rebecca and I were were looking at in preparation for this. Um, the show was they're just talking about the number of different um, quote unquote consulting groups yep, that school districts over. are hiring. Mm-hmm. And you just have to kind of think, and I thought to myself, and they're spending, you know, $400,000 a pop mm-hmm. taxpayer funds mm-hmm. on these things. And I think wait a minute, a DEI consulting group or a anti-racist consulting group? Well, they won't have a job if they don't find some Something racism, wrong, right? right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's real. I mean, 
Oh that, yeah, I mean, well, it's like having your house inspected. They're yeah, always going to always going wrong. to find something that needs to be replaced <laughs> or need to be bought, or they don't get paid. Right, right. So uh, yeah, and that is a pattern that we're seeing too. That slowly but surely, that uh, that becomes a department in and of itself. So you yeah. hire one one uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion specialist to work at the school, and suddenly you need more and more and more, and suddenly there's more and more trouble and not not enough. Uh, diversity or equity or inclusion and then they hire the consultants and then mm-hmm. bring them into and you're right I and mean, they bring staff on board and like you yeah. were saying well wh- what in the world will the staff do if they walk in and they go wow everybody's doing great mm-hmm. you know then everybody's going wait a minute why do we need to why do we need to pay you close to you know a quarter million dollars right. or more a year right. it's like so you better so, yeah you better <laughs> find something to do mm-hmm. and um mm-hmm. you know really most people are treating each other and wanting to treat each other well yeah i i mean yeah yep there obviously are still times and and situations that occur that are you know Mm -hmm. horribly racist and wrong and i don't think anybody that has in this conversation would disagree with that absolutely and, and want to correct that but these practices to basically just as as abram um or as ibram kendi says in his book, you know, how to be an anti-racist, he's basically saying the only way to stamp out racism is with more racism. Mm -hmm. And now, by the way, he has a new book out for young people, for teenagers. Wow, good. And so now, you know, we're going to, we're going to help these young people have the same ideas as him. And, you know, St. Paul Public Schools, um, many school districts around the Twin Cities hired mm-hmm. the Pacific Education Group out of California at that to the tune of hundreds of thousands of dollars as well um, to teach their white teachers that you are the problem. Mm-hmm. You are white oppressors. You don't understand black culture. And therefore, you are the problem. Mm-hmm. And yet, are we seeing any improvement in in the student behavior, no, we're actually seeing an exacerbation mm-hmm. of negative and antisocial behavior. So once again, are we helping these kids or are we harming them with these practices? Yep. And we need to ask ourselves. Well, one of the one of the heroes of trying to fight back against this is Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis. Yes, and of course Youngkin, Youngkin yes, as well. Yes, he's doing a very in, nice job in, as well, um, Virginia. But um, Florida's governor, as he said, you know, Florida is where woke comes to die it was was that his quote i think a while ago no did he Something oh that's like awesome that. yep yep florida is where woke comes to die and then he now is putting his money where his mouth is and i'm sure many people have heard by now that he was pushing back on the ap uh, u.s history cl- curriculum because it was um or was it the black history it was curriculum? the african-american, African-American ap curriculum yeah. And um, in addition, I did just read an article that in in response, they are the AP, the um, college board is changing yep. the content. And I believe they're changing the content on the U.S. history class as well, oh, that's because that had also gone very far down the other path. So it'll be interesting. We'll see if it really is true. Um, but not only did Florida's governor speak out against that AP curriculum, but he's also just signed the Stop Woke Act. And so this is one of the things that he's, of course, coming under fire. He's come under a lot of fire there, but he stands his ground and amazingly often is able to put these things, these measures through that he's trying to get through. Mm -hmm. And um, his desire is to prohibit, you know, to quote the bill, 
Um, the bill prohibits workplace training or school instruction. So this is for schools and corporations, right, that teach that individuals are inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously. Um, also, this bill prohibits teaching in either a school or a corporation training that people are privileged or oppressed based on race, gender, or national origin, or that a person bears personal responsibility for, or it must feel guilt, anguish, or other forms of psychological distress over the actions committed in the past by members of the same race, gender, or national origin. The law says such trainings or lessons amount to discrimination. Well, good for Governor DeSantis. I mean, where are the rest of the Republican governors on this topic? He continues to lead the way. Yeah. He is the governor to watch. Yes, he is. And I am encouraged to see that a number of governors are beginning to take notes. Mm. Um, I particularly, I will just add, I'm particularly heartened by his approach with pushback in the media. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he is, maybe we think he's doing a great job down there. Clearly his reelection statistics um, yeah, say shared. Shared, mm-hmm. that he's doing a fantastic job and the people of Florida really appreciate him. Yeah. However, the media loves to skewer him. And I absolutely appreciate that. There's no apologies. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, all of the all of the phrases of, you know, terrible things that he is by people who disagree instead of, again, engaging on the ideas. That's mm-hmm. great. But instead, it's the name calling. I love that there's no apologies yeah. from him or from yeah. anyone on his team. They yeah. just move forward and they yeah. do the work. And, I mean, man, he just has uh, a lot of fans out there yeah. in the United States. Yeah, he sure does. And he's a model to, mm-hmm. to watch. And like you said, he's the governor to watch, but he's also a model. I mean, I think when you say that, you're talking about for potentially a presidential run. And, and I'm just saying, wow, you know, if other Republican governors were as bold and could take a page out of his playbook mm-hmm. and, and stop apologizing really, yes, for everything, yes, stop yes. going out there and being wishy-washy. I absolutely love that everyone, they must, ha- they must have a very cohesive team. Yes. Um, I don't want to say that having a cohesive team like that in politics is an easy thing. It's, it's yeah. not. So I'm sure that there was a lot of work. Um, that went into that. But I'm always impressed that, you know, they when they make a move with various types of legislation, uh, they've already thought it through to the end mm-hmm. desire. OK, what do we want to accomplish? How do we work backwards to accomplish this? Mm-hmm. And and then they do that. So then he's not caught needing to come out and say, well, I said this, but now I can't do it. So I have to apologize or, well, I went this way and you know, three people didn't like it. So now I'm yeah. going to say I'm sorry. Yeah. He has already come out and he moves. When he makes that announcement, you know, wow, this is probably he's, actually going to happen. Yeah, and it's very mm-hmm. impressive. And I think mm-hmm. one of the things that the people of Florida are seeing is, in addition to being good with ideas, his rhetoric is good, he can actually do the job, folks. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think the hurricane down mm-hmm. um, in Florida a few months ago, he had all of those linemen Mm-hmm. ready to go. Competence is impressive. Mm-hmm. Be great to have that again yes, in leadership. Wouldn't it? Well, and I, you know, compare that to what we are now seeing here in Minnesota. It's a very and different it's example. A very different example. And we have a lot of families that are choosing to leave Minnesota and move to states like Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think even Democrat government governors need to take note and ask themselves, is is this 
leftist ideology so important that I'm willing to destroy my state for it, mm-hmm. destroy our schools, destroy our medical systems, um, because that is what's happening through all of these anti-racist practices. And there are doctors and teachers and principals that are up in arms around it. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have enjoyed being able to have this conversation and as an ongoing conversation Absolutely. around this topic. And um, we do just hope that you will listen to this podcast or any other podcast at savetheclassroom.com. That's savetheclassroom.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And then listen again next week at AM 1280 The Patriot. Have a good night, everyone. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.